Gary Bay Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for a Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Mm-hmm. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome aboard. If you're just tuning in right now and you missed the first hour, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I'm recording this show. You get it on podcast. So all you have to do is head on over to the show's website, to bbqcentralshow.com, and hit the subscribe button at the top, and you can get it in podcast. Never miss a show. Never miss a segment. Go back and listen to all your favorite stuff. All the good stuff. The uh, still to come on the show tonight, Jason Ganahl, GQ Barbecue. We're going to be talking about the big SCA win this past weekend in Westminster, Colorado. Will he be taking the trip down to Dallas, Fort Worth, and taking place in the World Stay Cookoff Championship? That's probably what everybody wants to know. Because. A lot of money to be won there. And if you can win the steak cook in Colorado, there's probably a very hefty chance that you can just go down and win the whole damn thing. So we'll be talking to Jason Ganahl from GQ Barbecue. See what he's up to. Talk about the big win. Of course, he has been heavily involved with the restaurant and making sure that That continues to gain steam. I think the last time he was on, or maybe it was NBBQA, he was talking about getting into the soft serve ice cream business or getting ice cream trucks or something like that, if I recall. So we'll have to see how that's going. We're finally going into the warmer weather, at least maybe where you're at, it's been warm, but the teeth of winter have refused to relent in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. Man, oh man, today was absolutely beautiful. Approaching 80 degrees, maybe 82, 83, where I was south in uh, the Football Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio, and Point South. Sun shining, wall to wall. Wow, my goodness. What a day to make sales calls, try and sell trucks get national volleyball podcast interviews and then make my way home to do a nice skirt steak dinner with some grilled asparagus. I love grilled asparagus, man. I mean, is there anything better than grilled asparagus? So tasty. Really good. 
All right, so I want to follow up my second hour open last week. I was pretty in-depth with showing pictures and giving you the whole recap of the big tractor trailer showing up outside of the house, dropping off the Traeger Timberline 850, along with assorted accoutrements such as hundreds of pounds of pellets and shirts and hats and rubs and sauces and smoked simple syrup. That's a thing, and it's delicious. If you've never had smoked simple syrup, and I don't know if it's something that changes. Um, <laughs> just got a text message from Ray Lampy post-interview segment that we'll be talking about in the open segment coming up next. But let me get back. I don't know if... Whatever your recipe of smoked simple syrup is, or I would imagine most of you have never concocted such a device or such a wash, as we call it in the bartend business. Have you made? I guess that's the question to put out there through Instant Chad and via the emails. Hit me back, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Have you ever made smoked simple syrup? Years and years ago, Meathead talked about the recipe of making smoked ice. Basically taking ice cubes, putting them in a metal tray, aluminum tray, putting them on your smoker, and then letting the ice melt. The water attracts the smoke. And then you quickly pour that water back into the ice cube trays and then back into the freezer for a refreeze. Refreeze. And then you have smoked ice. What would be the best way to use smoked ice? Well, what do you think? Bourbon. Whiskey. Something that would complement the smoke flavor. And I think bourbon is... Absolutely top of the list. So if you've never made smoked ice before, that's probably something you're going to want to try out, especially if you are a partaker of the bourbon. Now, that being said, maybe you've never done smoked simple syrup. Now, I will say, I will say that... um, just so we're aware. I've never been a huge fan. When we're talking about mixing cocktails, I've never been a huge fan of using simple syrup. And there's a lot of old standards. For instance, one of my favorites is Old Fashions. My second favorite was a Sazerac. I think if I'm being honest, the Sazerac was actually approaching the eclipse of Old Fashioned. Maybe not. I mean, a, a properly made Old Fashioned. Oh, I don't know if there's anything more delightful or good tasting. And not, and no offense to the ladies, not in a girly way. Okay? Not in a girly way. It's not overly sweet. You can taste all of the elements, but if you take the time to learn it and craft it, and the way I learned it was from 
a guy down in New Orleans, Chris something or other, at uh, a very well-known old-timey hotel. Sorry, Chris, I don't know your last name, and I'm forgetting the hotel you're the bartender at. And I learned how to make the old-fashioned from him, and he was very to the point on... You can use simple syrup. I'm not going to sit here and preach against simple syrup. I don't think he went as far as saying it. It's of a liquid smoke type stature, but he said it would. It's easier if you put in the a little bit of extra work and use sugar cubes and water in order to get your sweetness slash dilution than it is to use simple syrup because if you use X amount of simple syrup and then you want to if you, not if you want to, but if you put more in, it can only make it sweeter. If you're making your simple, uh, your simple syrup or your sugar water solution with a sugar cube, you have way more control over adding sweetness or taking some of the sweetness out. With simple syrup, you have no ability to take sweetness out at all. It's already made. You're pouring it in the drink. You pour more in, the sweeter it's going to get. When you use sugar cubes, if you use one sugar cube and a bit of water to make that initial solution, and then you take your little grinder and you work it around, work it around till it's clear. Don't let any sugar grit or anything rest at the bottom of that solution as you make it. But once it's nice and clear, you can make your drink, build it, drink it, and then say, you know what? It could have been sweeter. So now you can go right back to what you had and then take half or a quarter of a sugar cube and add it to that water that you had. Originally, you haven't changed the water input. Now you're just making it sweeter. Likewise, if you thought it was too sweet, you're able to back out uh, some of the sugar right off the bat, or you can add a little bit more water to dilute the sugar taste. Just a little bar trick, but let me get back on track. I, I don't think that when properly made, and they're made wrong all over the place. If I can snob out a bit and look down my long, old-fashioned nose at you, if you are partaking in the old-fashioned that has muddled fruit at the bottom of it, that is not an old-fashioned. That is some weak interpretation or replication of an old-fashioned. The only thing that should be floating in the old-fashioned is the orange peel that you have taken your muddler with and expressed all of the essential oils and good flavors out of, and that's it. There should be no... I mean, if you want to garnish with a cherry with a toothpick through it, your prerogative... But no orange wheels muddled and cherries muddled at the bottom. None of that. Come on. And don't even get me started on the Sazerac. That's a whole different build. And don't use the traditional Angostura bitters in a Sazerac. It has to be Peshawd bitters. Otherwise, the drink is ruined. All right, breaking news coming up out of the break. Is that redundant? Cookshack manufacturer smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard. 
on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Moran. You ever heard of him? Of course. It's Fast Eddie. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Now, maybe you're not into pellet cookers. Okay. How about Cook Shack residential electric smokers? Well, you'll be happy to know they're the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Hello. Passion, dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or call Cook Shack. I'm sorry, or visit cookshack.com. All right, open segment coming up. Lots to get to. Breaking news coming up from No Names, Please. We'll also be talking about gold-dusted chicken wings that are coming to New York eateries. Get your wallet out for that, of course. Bunch of other stuff. If you want to jump in, I'm happy to have you. 216-220-0966. Or you can hit me on the email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. We're back right after this. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe hey if you're looking to cook this coming weekend and you're looking for pork might I suggest Smithfield Pork? Do you have a Walmart by you? Have you ventured down the meat aisle in Walmart? I know, sounds like a travesty waiting to happen, but no, 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 absolutely not. Head down to the pork side, check out all the Smithfield products right there, the pork tenderloins, the pork shoulders, the ribs, the baby backs, spare ribs, the extra tenders, the black labels, the signature brands. I mean, come on. You got to check them out. Smithfield is the way to go. Championship pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can win right in the backyard. Don't forget, if you like all that social media stuff, get up on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Gram. Get on that Gram. Hashtag show us your Smithfield. And then, of course, hit the website and keep up all keep up with all of the Smithfield committed cook stuff at show uh, smokingwithsmithfield.com. That's smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, we are open right now, 216-220-0966. 
Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I did want to mention this. You know, there are a small handful of folks that rarely get recognized and who contribute to the show each and every week. And quite frankly, without their efforts, the show would not be as nearly as entertaining as it is, not nearly as good as it is, not nearly have the amount of information that is casted out during 120 minutes. And of course, I'm always looking for ways to improve. I'm always looking for feedback. And these folks really help with all of that, whether they know it or not, whether they're looking, well, I know they're not looking for any type of recognition because they don't say, why don't you say anything? They never say that. But I wanted to take a second out and dignify these people with saying their names aloud and letting them know exactly how much they mean to me as it relates here to this show. So first and foremost, probably the longest running contributor to the show ever out of the great state of Idaho, specifically Boise, John Dawson. You know that name because he is a frequent emailer while the show is live, but there are any number of times during the week when he'll kick me over what he in the subject line refers to as show fodder. So he'll be tooling through the internet and say, hey, this might be something that Greg might like to let all the centralites know about, or he thinks that I'm going to read it and it's going to get a rise out of me and it's something I'm going to be able to burn on or have a point of view on. So John has been doing that literally for a decade, if not more. So I appreciate John Dawson. Uh, also, he was the creator of Patio Daddyo Barbecue when that was a thing, but I don't think that's been a thing for a little while now, although it's still online and it still has tremendous recipes, tremendous reviews and tests and all that stuff. So, John, appreciate you helping, as always. Next is the Texas Embedded Correspondent, Doug Scheiding. And not only does Doug participate in the show each and every month from a panel standpoint in the Embedded Correspondent segment, but like John will pass me along any breaking news, especially in the Texas barbecue scene, in the IBCA, in the Texas Gulf Coast, the other one that I can never remember, Lone Star Barbecue, I think that's what it is. So he's always quick to say, hey, you should look at getting this guy on the show or something breaking is or something's going to be breaking within the competition realms down here. I'll keep you up to speed. But more importantly, Doug will approach potential interviewees to this show and say, hey, I'm Doug. I've, from what I've heard, sometimes he will blow off the fact that he's actually a world championship barbecue pit master and say, I'm the uh, Texas Embedded Correspondent for the Barbecue Central show. Wait. That's true, by the way. That's, that was the wrong buzz. And I think you should consider going on or, you know, can I book you? Like Doug has booked any number of guests for me on an upcoming Tuesday, especially if there was something big happening in Texas that previous weekend. And he has always represented the show very well in a very professional manner. And I'm very appreciative of Doug and everything that he has done for me over his uh, lifespan with the show. Uh, next up, Steve Ray, Ottawa, Tennessee. He is the Tennessee Embedded Correspondent, uh, like Steve. I'm sorry, like Doug, will approach people about interviews, give me suggestions on people to talk to for interviews, give me some clips and did you see this and you might want to look at that. 
Uh, he also, uh, Steve is a radio host himself, like on the real radio every Saturday morning. Uh, him and his, uh, I'm sorry, Steve, if I'm saying this wrong. Is it a business partner or just somebody that you know in business that's your co-host? And they host a, a, like a, a car guy's show. Talk about what's wrong with your car. They have they take call-ins. And Steve is an absolute professional. He sounds absolutely great when he's doing his show. He obviously has a tremendous amount of knowledge as it relates to the car industry. So I appreciate everything that Steve has done for me in this show over his association with it. Then, of course, my guy, John Solberg, who is the producer of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. And he has really dug into that whole project and is producing top-notch content. It sounds good. It's produced well. We have the new intro going with the really big voice guy because people were down on the rap. There was a vocal minority that liked the rap, but there was also a vocal majority that didn't like, so... I had the really big voice guy do a a new intro for the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. And that comes out each and every Friday, like clockwork. And John has really been digging back into the archives now seven and eight and nine years ago to pull some of those old shows out. So if you've never heard a best of show before, the time commitment is not anywhere near as great as it is here to get the repeat of this show. In podcast, which we've been breaking up into one hour on Wednesday, one hour on Thursday now, and then the best of drops on Friday. The Friday show at worst or at most is a 20 to 22 minute time commitment. Each show has a dual segment in it. Now, sometimes it's the same guest broken up in two segments, but each segment is 10 minutes or less. Hence the show. We just run two together to kind of maximize the value there. So 20 minutes in total, but their segments are 10 minutes or less. So if you've always wanted to catch up on the show or hear some great old-timey interviews, you want to make sure you're subscribed to the general show feed, and then every Friday that shows up in the morning. So thanks to John Solberg for all the great work that you are doing. And last but not least, and this might seem like it would come out of left field, Sterling Ball. Uh, this guy is a championship award-winning pitmaster. He is beyond successful when it comes to his real job in the music business. Uh, if, if you don't know who Sterling Ball is, just Google him. And uh, you would quickly wonder, as I wonder, why he even bothers messing around with barbecue. What he is inventing and bringing to market and helping other musicians with is mind-boggling, and to put up with the nicky-knack BS that goes on in this industry is beyond me. I would have told everybody to shove it many, many years ago, but I think that speaks to his passion for barbecue and uh, for what he has told me both on the show and off the show that in the end, because he is passionate about it, he wants to be able to put it in a position to where it is better than when he entered it when he decides to leave it. Now, there's obviously been no timetable in that regard, but I think he could step away comfortably at this point, and we could all look back and say, 
Sterling impacted the world of competition barbecue in a very positive manner in a number of different facets. And he's taken a lot of heat from a lot of people, mostly for no good reason. People hate change. People don't want to see people shaking stuff up. And he does that. He's kind of a change agent, which is a stupid hot button term. But I personally feel that he has made barbecue better if he decided to leave it tomorrow than when he started uh, really kind of a handful of years ago. And he is a great sounding board for B. He also is somebody that uh, will give me information. Uh, Usually it's not uh, breaking news or anything like that, um, but insight and numbers and uh, giving me a better understanding of certain things. So just wanted to recognize those people real quick here while I have this open segment. Uh, Again, if you want to jump in, more than happy to have you, 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Now we have some breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. All right. No names, please. I have in my hand. The 2018 finalists list of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. That's right. All sources remaining silent. Rule number one of the show instituted. No names, please. But I have in my hot little hands a confirmed final list of the 2018 Barbecue Hall of Fame nominee finalists or finalist nominees or however you say it. I can't figure out how to say it right. And they are in no particular order. Famed. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. Sorry. I hate to uh, get stuff. Last second. I want to make sure I'm clearing it off. <clears throat> Before I was in a room. Famed barbecue pit manufacturer, Jamie Gear is on the final list. Also on the list. Look, let me tell you this. Uh, one, two... Four of these people, I have no idea who they are. Okay. I just want to get that out right in the open. I always love to show and tell you when I'm showing my ass, and I will show my ass right here. Uh, All right. Getting a little update from Jason Ganahl about his segment coming up here in a few minutes. I love telling you when I'm going to show my ass, and I'm going to show my ass here by not knowing who at least four people on this list are. Actually, not at least. One, two, three, four. Okay. So there's four people I don't know. I'm sorry I don't know you. Okay? I apologize in advance. I'm not going to apologize. I just don't know. But I do know the first girl, uh, the first guy I said, Jamie Gear. You ever heard of Jambo Pits? Yeah. Uh-oh. He's that guy, Jambo Pits. 
Also a pretty good competition cook, by and large. Didn't he win the Houston Livestock and Rodeo this year? Is that him? I think that's right. Doug, did Jamie Gear win Houston Livestock and Rodeo this year? I think he won it. Also on the list, sorry, getting sidetracked. Columbus Hill. I have no idea who Columbus Hill is. I don't know. Also on the list, Karen Putman. I don't know who Karen Putman is. Also on the list, Rodney Scott. Boom. I know who that is. Whole hog, pitmaster, supreme Rodney Scott, Scott's Barbecue, of course. Also on the list, soon to be having his book drop in a couple weeks, the pitmaster of Cool Smoke, winner of pretty much every major competition barbecue event currently available, holding a few. Tuffy Stone is on the list. Also on the list, you see his sauce in stores all over the place. I believe I had his, was it his grandson, Rocky, on this show years ago? CB Stubblefield, Stubbs, of course. I had Rocky on the show a handful of years ago. Also on the list, Tootsie Tominance, Snow's Barbecue. Also on the list, last two, Helen Turner. I don't know who Helen Turner is. And finally, rounding out the list, Charlie Vergos. Or Vergos, depending on if you put a Latin slant on it. I see that. I put a Latin slant on that. So E's or A's. In Spanish, so I say Vergos or Vergos. Charlie Vergos or Vergos. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing Charlie. Oh, by the way, I don't know who he is. So once again, Charlie Vergos or Vergos, Helen Turner, Tootsie, Tomlin, CB Stubblefield, Tuffy Stone, Rodney Scott, Karen Putman, Columbus Hill, and Jamie Gear all on your finalist for the 2018 Barbecue Hall of Fame. So now that you have the list, who is making your list? Only three get in. That is the one thing that hasn't changed. They haven't increased the amount of nominees or they haven't increased the class size. Still three. Here are my three. Tootsie Tominance is in before Anybody else. I mean, the fact that Tootsie has not been included into the Barbecue Hall of Fame up until this point is an absolute freaking travesty. Was she 83 years old? Is she older than that? Stover, how old is Tootsie? She just had a birthday. Might have been eight. It might be 83. How is she not in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Do I have to say it? 
Do I have to say it? No, I won't. But how is she not in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Tuffy Stone, I think, is a lock. How is Tuffy not going to get in this year? I don't know if this is his first time on the ballot, first time I'm seeing it. Oh, by the way, first time I'm ever seeing a ballot. I would say Tuffy Lock. And then, hmm, tough. CB Stubblefield, Rodney Scott, Jamie Gear. Now we have one of those real life. Does Rendezvous Barbecue ring a bell? That's Charlie Virgos. Um, Ra- Rendezvous does ring a bell because isn't that like the place that grills ribs? They don't do barbecue or something like that. It's it's vaguely on on the tip of my tongue. Jamie Gear, Rodney Scott, Stubbs. Oof. Jeez. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and disqualify. This is just my list. This is just me thinking out loud. No offense. Uh, oh, by the way, the biggest travesty of them all. How in the hell am I not on the list again? <laughs> I mean, what? Allow me to get off my self-pity party. I think I'm going to leave Jamie Gear off this year. Now it's between Rodney Scott and Stubbs. Oof. I don't, I, I'm trying not to, I mean, Stubbs is a pit master too, but he's very successful with the sauce. I know Scott's has sauce. Oh boy. I guess I'm going to pick Rodney Scott. So in it for me this year, Tootsie, number one, Tuffy Stone, 1A, and then third, Rodney Scott. Let me know what your list is. Holy moly. That's going to be, and, and, and again, I apologize, maybe Columbus Hill or Karen Putman or Helen Turner or Charlie Vergos are way more popular than I, than I know because I don't know them. But that's my list. Tuffy, Rodney, Tootsie. I, I can't believe that Tootsie's not in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, Don't ask me how I got my hands on the ballot. No names, please. Come on. Number one rule of the show, and I'm not going to get hooked. Trusted sources that are wide-reaching here on the Barbecue Central Show. Jason Ganahl coming up here in just a little bit. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Boy. If you're looking for some pellet cookers that are really easy to use, really well-built, priced well in the market, and consistent, that's key, right? Especially when you're talking about pellet cookers, Green Mountain Grills are the ones you're going to want to consider right off the bat. Three different sizes to choose from. The big one is the Jim Bowie, middle size, the Daniel Boone. And then you have the portable one, the Davy Crockett. If you're somebody that lives in a college town for football, baseball, volleyball, whatever ball, you love to tailgate. That's what I'm getting at. You're going to want to look at that Davy Crockett. I mean, it is super portable. If you don't have access to a traditional plug for power, you can 
dial it up in that 12 volt outlet. You could probably get two, maybe three in a TP of pork butts. I mean, that's the ability to feed a hundred people or so. I usually figure a pork butt's good for 20 to 25 people, depending on how much meat you're putting on your sandwich. Might be a little more or a little less, depending on your level of eatery. The Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie, as I always say, are great because not only can you use them as the traditional cooker, but you can rip the guts out and then drop in the high heat pizza oven insert. And for, I think, what's 150 bucks or less, the range, the flexibility, the efficiency that you get with that is absolutely supreme for the price point. I don't think there's anything that approaches it. The end products are absolutely phenomenal. It operates great. Set your cooker temperature to one and then basically double whatever the cooker temperature is at to figure out what's on the stone. That's kind of fast and loose. I like to keep my cooker temperature right in that 320 range. That's giving me about 640 on the stone. That works well for me. I don't mind stretching it out another minute or two. I can take a fully cooked pizza in four minutes versus two or one. But if you want to jack it up to 500 on the cooker so you're towards 1,000 degrees in that pizza oven, be my guest. You want to live on the edge? You do it. People are actually not cooking pizza in there anymore. They're taking the stone out, lining the bottom metal with foil, dropping grill grates in there, cooking steak in it. How about that? GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Jason Ganahl out of the break. Stick around. I'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call them 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. And they actually do have a fan attachment as well. So. If you're, I guess, for whatever reason, not into the whole barbecue guru scene and you want to use your fireboard for all that stuff, you can undo a probe insert and hook up their fan and uh, away you go. So again, that's fireboard.com, fireboard.com. All right. Helping me close the show, a successful restaurant owner, competitive barbecue cook, championship winning steak cook as well. If you're in the Denver area listed as the best barbecue joint, not only in Colorado, but perhaps the world. I mean, Denver, right? I was lucky enough to meet him in person at the MBBQA a couple weeks ago. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show and the pitmaster of GQ Barbecue, Jason Ganahl joins me. Jason, how are you, buddy? Good. Rimpy, how's it going? Absolutely fabulous. Jay, always appreciate you making time for the show. And, you know, I, I know we caught up mid-March at that MBBQA. We talked a lot about the restaurant and what it takes to build on success that you have had since you started. However, you know, from a competition standpoint, I know you haven't been uh, more or less 
or you have been more or less on hold since 2015 for obvious reasons, but that changed this past weekend when you uh, decided to take your hand at that State Cook-Off Association event in uh, Brighton, Colorado. I think I was saying Westminster, that's where the restaurant is, but uh, Brighton, Colorado, the Lulu's Brew and Q State Cook-Off. So what was it like to get back in the competition saddle again? Rimpy, first of all, it sucks not being able to see and talk to you on Skype. Well, it's just hard. It's like the olden days having to have to call in and do this on a phone. Yeah, wow. I thought uh, I was putting the uh, trend to get it going on Skype, and I was having all kinds of difficulties, and it actually booted me out for some reason. I was hmm. trying to set up a new account, and in the back of my head, I could just hear the uh, Bill O'Reilly and you saying, Screw it. We're going to do, do it live. live. Let's do it live. Dang it. Do it live. We get it going. I can so. I'll write it and we'll do it live. You know I got it ready. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I love that. So a state cook-off. So what was it like to get back into the state cook-off? Is that the question? Or just back into that competition saddle again. It was awesome. I loved it. It felt so good to see the guys, see everybody hanging out again on a Friday night. You got all, everybody was starting to put their, their meat on the cooker. So the smoke was in the air. Uh, the beer was flowing. It felt so good to be back out there and into that scene. Uh, Jason, let's go ahead and run through the championship stay cooking process, if we could. And let me back out just for one second. Is this the first time you've done a stay cook-off event, or is this something you're already adept at? No, this is the first uh, first steak cook-off event I ever did. So what drew you into it? Was it just close, uh, proximity to where you lived? You just always wanted to try it? I mean, what's the deal? A, a couple of things. I mean, I miss being out there on the weekends. I'm just a competitive person by nature. So I, I miss uh, getting out there, being removed for it for a couple of years. Uh, it, it, it's difficult to see everybody, you know, posting all their pictures and posting all the results and wanting to get back out there. And then what's so nice about the steak contest versus the barbecue contest is, I mean, I've got three little kids right now. They're all in Little League, coaching Little League. Uh, so it's hard for me to get away on, yeah. on, on a weekend. And uh, as all the competitors know, it's not just showing up at a contest and then leaving after a contest. It's also going to buy all the meat, prepping all the meat, putting together your rubs, putting together your injections and sauces. For me, when I was competing in contests, uh, my week started on a Tuesday, getting everything together. So the steak contest is attractive because I can just show up. I put it in the back of my car. I can take a Tahoe. I don't need a trailer. I don't need to go to storage. I don't need to clean out the trailer. I don't have to do any of that. I just put a pit in the back of my car. I put a couple of rubs in my front seat and off I go. And uh, it's really easy. You get in there a couple hours and you get out of there, uh, very little cleanup. And it's just, it's just more practical for where I am in my life right now. All right. So let's, and I will yeah. also say it wasn't necessarily just all me. I had a a lot of encouragement from a couple of people, namely Ryan Grob has been uh, uh, encouraging me to do this uh, for a little while. So if it wasn't for him prodding me, uh, I probably would have found excuses not to do it. All right, so let's go through the championship winning process here, Jason. First, did you do any practicing beforehand or was it just Ryan kind of prodding you to say, hey, just get out and do it, throw caution to the wind? I didn't do any practicing at all. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I, I was, uh, I had no idea what, uh, what I was shooting for. It was a moving target. I just know kind of what I like. I think I got a pretty good idea of what people <laughs> like. I think I know, uh, how steaks should taste. That doesn't necessarily mean how they're going to score well. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because 
they read off, there were 32 teams and they read off 10 through one and the barbecue side of it, you know, you kind of know, Hey, I think I turned in something good. So I don't want to hear my name called anytime soon. Right. You're hoping to get your name called in, you know, three, two, one. Right. Right. And when you turn in something bad, you just hope they call your name 10, nine, eight, seven, right. Somewhere as they are backing down uh, from 10 to one. And so not knowing where I was at, what was going on, they give you two steaks. Uh, the steak I didn't turn in, I thought I overcooked it, so I didn't turn it in, and I was tasting it uh, after I turned in the steak that I turned in, and it tasted very good. And I thought to myself, shoot, I wish I would have turned in that steak because it was awesome. And as they were calling down the names, not knowing where I, where I was at, I was actually hoping just to hear my name, uh, 10, 9, or 8. And then I figured once they got up like 6 or 5, uh, you know, I had no shot at getting the call. So it was uh, it was a huge surprise uh, to hear my name last at that event. What grill did you, I mean, well, I guess before I ask that, so you were just going off of the G-Man's idea of this is what the majority of people like for steak, this is what flavor I think they'll like, this is what flavor I like, and that's kind of how you rolled into it. Yeah, well, it wasn't just G, man. I mean, I've got a lot of cooks in my kitchen. I've got a lot of other guys. Screw screw all that. You're the guy that won it. Forget about that. I mean, you know, we love to give credit where credit is due, but forget about that. So um, from a grill standpoint, what do you use and what other accessories did you bring? So I went to college, actually, with uh, the CEO uh, of PK Grills, and uh, we hung out uh, a lot in college. Really? We lived in the same uh, same house, as a matter of fact. So I, I know him pretty well. And so that was instantly the first pit, and I see all the guys using it. So that was instantly the first pit that I wanted to, to, to give a shot. And so I went and picked one up. There's a barbecue place here, retail shop here in Denver, Colorado, called Proud Souls that carries them. I went and picked it up the week of the event. And uh, unboxed it. Well, he, Tony actually unboxed it, put it together for me. And then I uh, just, there's a little part you just cut it in half with or take it apart to it basically breaks it in half. Those are bad words to describe it, but it just <laughs> um, put it in the car, take it home. I uh, didn't even use it at all. Just set it out uh, near the garage, put it back in the car a couple of days later and headed to the event. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was a brand spanking new wow. grill. So I don't know, do I need to buy a new grill? Every, for every single event, or can I reuse a PK grill again? I, I don't know. I think uh, you've you've dictated that that's probably the lucky grill, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. Is it the 360 or the traditional PK? It's the 360. Oh wow! So you're you're sparing no expense on top of everything else. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome grill, no doubt. Uh, fuel used, and why did you pick the fuel that you used? So uh, we've got a Walmart right across the street from GQ. I got done at GQ that afternoon, probably about 4.30. I knew I had to get there by about 5.15. Went into Walmart, and they had Kingsford, and they had Royal Oak. I went with the Royal Oak. Lump charcoal. Royal Oak. Royal Oak uh, Briquettes. Okay. And then uh, I think uh, I got some lump from Ryan Grob. I cooked right next to Ryan Grob. And uh, Dan Boat with Boat's Barbecue. And uh, I think uh, Ryan lent me some lump to kind of put on top of it, too. So we had the briquettes on the bottom, and I dumped a bunch of lump on top of it. So as you are ramping up to put the steak on, are you looking for a certain grill temperature? Are you holding your hand over the fire and like, oh, it's super hot and this is where I want? Like, how do you figure out what kind of a heat you're shooting for to start the cook? 
Yeah, I, I, I personally, this is what's interesting about these SCA contests is uh, I love a good crusty steak. I think there's a lot of really great flavor in the crust. However, and looking at some pictures online and doing a little bit of research, everybody's turning in these crosshatch sear yeah, marks. Yeah. So uh, in order to give the judges, I guess, what they want or what they're looking for, I decided to go with those crosshatch sear marks. I had some grill grates as well also. And I just went to try to get that grill as piping hot as possible. I filled the bottom of that 360 up with as much hot charcoal as possible and then put some more on top so I can get it as hot as I possibly could get it. I have no idea how hot it was, but I'm going to guess it was it was humming along at least at 550, maybe even 600. Are you shooting for an internal temperature to pull it or are you just doing it by time and finger poking it? Well, I asked a couple of people how they do it, and some were going off the time, some were going off the temperature. Uh, so I, I went off the temperature. That just seemed like it would make the most sense, considering I've never cooked on that pit before, and I don't know how it cooks. And, uh, you know, meat can be cut at different thicknesses, too, so that's going to impact right. how long or how short something should, should cook. So I used uh, uh, Thermapen and went off an internal temperature. How long did you let it rest before you put it in the box and then ran it over to the tent. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing too. So yeah. I, I wanted to cook one, see how it went and just to kind of practice on it. And then I was planning on using my second one as my turn in uh, steak. So the first steak I cooked was the one I liked the least. And uh, that thing ended up resting probably a good 15 minutes or so wow. before I turned it in because the second one that I cooked was a, cut a little bit thinner and I overshot it. It cooked a little bit quicker. And I know that they, uh, you know, they, everything's equal, right? So the flavor, the appearance, the doneness, everything is equal. So I, I wanted to make sure I got something in that I thought was cooked better. So I went with the, uh, the first steak, but, uh, it did rest a lot longer than I would have liked. It rested for about 15 minutes before I, I got it in. I mean, is that kind of, uh, Something that you, you know, so if you were going to do, let's say, 20 over the course of this year, if, if you were able to do that, would you stagger out your start times closer or uh, would you have your turnover from one state to the next be a lot quicker? And this is just kind of greenness on your on your part this time? Yeah, I, well, I'd practice is what I would do. So uh, I would practice and figure it out. And just get a system down to where I can get the doneness done perfect every single time. And you know they're cutting into these steaks and then they're comparing the internal color against an actual color chart, correct? Yeah. Yep. That's how I understand it. Yep. Any finishing sauce or butter or butter ghee or, or anything like that that goes on top of the steak before you run it on over? Yeah, during the cook, I basted it with butter. I melted mm -hmm. down some butter and just basted it uh, during the cook, but nothing uh, right before it went into the box. Um, from a well, I guess how do you? So you you're turning in the first steak that actually wins you the championship. You overshoot the second one a little bit. So is that the one? Obviously, that you're kind of tasting on and deciding whether the flavor profiles are right, or, or how do you decide if you or can you do anything? Like, Let me pull back out just for a second. In competition barbecue, uh -huh. you can taste a rib. It's not one that you're going to be turning in, obviously. And then say, hey, uh -huh. I can determine off of 
this bone and this bone that the rack is going to need a little bit more sweetness or a little bit more savory or whatever. And you can make that adjustment before you go and turn in. Can you do the same thing in a steak cook-off where you have to have your flavor set and you commit, you cook, you turn in, and then however it happens, it happens? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if you can. Um, I mean, just thinking about that really quickly, I wouldn't want to cut a piece off of a steak and then turn it back in, or I wouldn't necessarily want to run my finger across the top of the steak mm-hmm. just to get a taste of it. Uh, I would use that second steak to get a get a feel for how it's going to actually taste. And I think more so um, with these steaks, it's just the combination of uh, ingredients than it actually is a, a cut off an animal. If that if that makes sense. I mean, I do think there's some variation uh, with the ribs, not so much in taste as much as it is like in in tenderness and how it's cooked. Uh, but with the steaks, it, 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 I don't think it's going to vary that much. Um, it, the main thing is just going to be how you season it. Jason, certainly you're used to hearing your name called as an overall winner. You've done it a number of times in the uh, competition barbecue world. What was it like given that layoff? And as you said, you kind of weren't expecting to, to go in and win, I guess, uh, per se. But what was it like to hear your name again in that competition? It got the juices pumping flowing uh it brought brought me right back instantly to you know i haven't competed since 2015 so it took me right back to those uh those those fun moments when you when you get your name called even to like just kind of winning your first gc it just kind of uh it, it resurrected a lot of just happy emotions and and thoughts and uh it was it was awesome it was love i, I felt alive that night for sure Jason Ganahl joining me here on the show uh, owner of gq barbecue and pitmaster gq barbecue uh competition team so you win this event, and that obviously gets you a golden ticket to the world championships down in DFW in October. Is that something that you will attend for sure, or you just kind of got to wait and see? So I'd like to do more SCAs. I saw they're coming back in May, but it's over Memorial Day weekend, and I know I'm going to be out of town for that. So that would be the very next opportunity I think I have to do an SCA. And I have it on my calendar. I'd like to go down there just to meet a lot of people, just to uh, hang out and uh, just be part of all that. I talked to a couple of people who have done it before, and they said it's an absolute blast. So I have it on my calendar. I'm going to try to attend. It's just a matter of just where things are at and where, where I'm at at the time. But I, w- I would love to get down there and uh, compete in that. Obvious question to end the interview, and I always appreciate the time, Jason. Is steak now a staple menu at GQ Barbecue, at least for the foreseeable future? And is it at a premium now? <laughs> I don't have the space to cook it. <laughs> not even for special? Not even like the, the championship steak from GQ Barbecue? We don't. What will we cook it on? We don't have a, we don't have anything to cook it on. We have smokers. We don't have uh, we don't have grills. I don't want to remind you that you have a very lucky PK three sixty. It's a gold. It's a gold ATM machine sitting out in the back. I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that for the contest. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, how's the ice cream business, Jason? So hopefully, ready to launch here in September. Wow. Getting close. Uh, any uh, pitfalls that have run up and snagged or kind of coming along nicely? Greg, your show ends in about five minutes. We need to extend it out another two Uh-oh. hours if we want to talk about the pitfalls. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate your eye on time, and that's something that we'll definitely jump into because I'm always interested in business. In the meanwhile, uh, he won the State Cook-Off Association contest that took place 
in Brighton, Colorado this past weekend as the pitmaster of GQ Barbecue and the owner of the same namesake GQ Barbecue, Jason Ganahl. Jason, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Rippy, thanks for having me on, man. Talk to you later. You got it. There he is, Jason Ganahl. GQ Barbecue, man. My oh, man is yes, high energy. Of the Traeger Woo. Grills Hotline. Love Jay. <clears throat> Yummy. Always bringing the heat. Jason Ganahl, no doubt about it. And appreciate his candor and insight, especially kind of getting into that process. I, I had a whole angle that I was going to run down, and the more I realized I was talking to him, the more I realized I can't ask him these questions because he's completely shooting holes in all of my potential setup questions. Hey, anyway, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com for all your barbecue needs, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. That's right, from rubs and sauces to grills and smokers. Everything is outfitted on Big Papa Smokers to help you barbecue better. Of course, you know all the championship rubs and seasonings, the sweet money, the cash cow, the cattle prod. Then mark that up with the partnership of Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Now you have the West Coast offense. We all know what that's all about. Teams have been using West Coast offense and winning with it for years and years. Big Pop is also the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPopSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. That's right. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, why not consider the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill? The Big Pop Smokers has the exclusive Mac dealer partnership and offers special packages. Not a pellet smoker fan? Okay. How about the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? All right. You can't go wrong with any of the grill smokers and other cooking utensils featured on BigPapaSmokers.com because they have something for everybody. Check out their website today and shop their full selection. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers are the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers. Call them and ask questions at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the line, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, let's try and make the mad dash out of here. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ray Lampy from drbbq.com the restaurant coming soon more information on that next month as he had promised potentially a firm opening date then we talked with Bob Trudnack about the rib ring from the barbecue guru bbqguru.com check it out 50 bucks at least double the ceramic uh, rack capacity for your ribs and then closing out the show we talked with Jason Ganahl from GQ Barbecue and the big win that he had over at the uh, Brighton Colorado SCA event and has qualified for Dallas Fort Worth so we'll see 
what he decides to do from there. Ice Cream Talk next, by the way. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.